It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, episode number 160. To be a filmmaker, you have to lead. Danny Boyle. Broadcasting from a dark, windowless room in Hollywood, when we really should be working on that next draft, it's the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, showing you the craft and business of screenwriting while teaching you how to make your screenplay bulletproof. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Bulletproof Script Coverage. Now, unlike other script coverage services, Bulletproof Script Coverage actually focuses on the kind of project you are and the goals of the project you are. So we actually break it down by three categories, micro-budget, indie film market, and studio film. There's no reason to get coverage from a reader that's used to reading tentpole movies when your movie's going to be done for $100,000. And we wanted to focus on that at Bulletproof Script Coverage. Our readers have worked with Marvel Studios, CAA, WME, NBC, HBO, Disney, Scott Free, Warner Brothers, The Blacklist, and many, many more. So if you need your screenplay or TV script covered by professional readers, head on over to CoverMyScreenplay.com. And today's show is also sponsored by the Heart Chart Screenwriting Masterclass taught by legendary screenwriter James V. Hart, the writer of Bram Stoker's Dracula, Hook, and Contact, to name a few. His unique story mapping system will teach you how to get your script ready for production and the marketplace. To gain instant access, head over to bulletproofscreenwriting.tv forward slash heart chart. That's H-A-R-T chart. Now, guys, how many filmmakers out there listening not only want to get their independent films made, but how many of you would like to have that film picked up by HBO Max and given a major release on that platform. Well, today's guest did exactly that. We have writer-director Lisette Feliciano, and she wrote and directed the film Women is Losers, which premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival in 2021. And I want to have Lisette on the show to, first of all, find out how she was able to get a little independent film made, first of all, with the cast that she was able to get, and basically doing it on a very low budget. And from there, how she was able to get to HBO Max and that whole process. And there is a lot of ups and downs. It took years before this project could get off the ground. And Lisette did not stop. We talk a lot about her journey, uh, how many times she thought she was just going to give up on this, this dream, and so much more. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Lisette Filciano. Let me get that. Three, two, one. I'd like to welcome to the show, Lisette Feliciano. How are you doing, Lisette? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Alex? I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am, uh, I am, I'm excited to get into because you have had a, uh, obviously you just made it overnight. I mean, you just started this like what yesterday and you just automatically yeah. just got the first movie done and it was like, it happened like what in two, three months, right? It's something like that, right? 
Oh yeah, super easy, super easy. It was I woke super. Up one day, I was like, I'm gonna be a director, and then it happened. It just happened, right? And then the and then the money just starts piling in. They they bring the truckloads of cash, uh, and they just dump it. So it's something like that's the way it works, yeah. isn't it? So. Yeah, no, totally. I, I don't know where to put all of it. It's, 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 we're swimming in it like this. It's like, like a scene of scene. it's like a scene from Narcos. Like I've got too much cash, man. I can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm moving into uh, I'm moving into the house from Casino very soon. Very nice. <laughs> very well played. Well played. No, I wanted to have you in the show because you, you know you've had a you know you had a journey to say the least on mm-hmm. getting your your first film made. Uh, so. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get started in this business and why did you want to get into this crazy business? Dude, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> right? I'm like thinking. Uh, yeah, man, like uh, all like crazy round around the globe, like circle to get to this point. Like I, you know, I grew up in the Mission District of San Francisco. I don't know if your audience is pretty familiar, but, you know, it's basically the, the Latino area of, of San Francisco. Now it's the tech area. My neighbor is, um, you know, good old Facebook, <laughs> which has been fun. So it's, it's been cool to see it, like, change in a weird way. But, yes, yeah, so I went there, and I was this guy. You know, I wrote a lot as a kid because it was just, like, something that I could do that would kind of keep me busy, and there was a lot going on at home. As some of your as your audience will know, because the movie is based on my family, so mm-hmm. you know a lot about me, basically like how I grew up and, and in and around that that situation. And I was just I realized that like uh, I liked writing and people liked reading it. So you know I I wrote myself into a better high school, and then I somehow wrote myself into NYU. Had no idea what the hell NYU was. True story. We had a guidance counselor who got money together, pooled money together to take girls on um, college tours because yeah. we couldn't, that was too cost prohibitive for us. We'd, all of us were going to local, to local schools. She said, why aren't you guys even trying for Harvard? And we're like, first of all, what the hell is Harvard? And second of all, where's Boston? Like we <laughs> just, these things that like now seem crazy, but I had no idea. Sure. So I went to NYU, just shocked everybody, shocked myself, had no idea what I was getting myself into um, and went there and very quickly learned that filmmaking was a really cool way to put writing and acting and theater all together and that you could pack it into, pack it into a digital file and send it to loads of people who couldn't come to your, like your local theater. So anyway, so I went there and then I decided, okay, I'm going to go out to Hollywood and I'm going to be a director, right? That's what I studied. And <laughs> I mean, this I, is a you, yeah, so yeah, you study directing, you go to Hollywood because that's where the directors get jobs. Exactly. And that's where they make movies, so I'll just get there and get my first job. And I'll just knock on a couple doors and it should be fine. So, so fine. Um, <laughs> not fine <laughs> at all. This was 2012. And I don't know if people really remember this, but like it, it was four years uh, before Me Too, four years before BLM. And even those four years were so different. Like the shift of being like, I'm a female director. I'm also Latina and, um, you know, U.S. born Latina, but nonetheless, like that was like not even a thought in anybody's mind that that could be something available to me. And then Me Too happened and BLM happened and it started becoming like, oh, no, but we need this. So I, I'm definitely a beneficiary of how the industry has shifted um, even in the last decade that I've that I've been in it. So um, anyways, I came out here. Started PAing. I think my first job was like picking up trash in like Selena Gomez's uh, um, trailer. I was like her hand double on some things with Tiny Movie. It was insane. Working, you know, working 22 hours a day, yeah. no breaks, nothing minimum. Like stand with IATSE guys. Um, and yeah, it just wasn't. You know, I, I kept making writing and kept making proof of concepts and just doing everything I could to say, I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm going to do these things. And, uh, you know, had a couple of projects like not go or go. And I just kind of mm-hmm. noticed that after a while, it was less about my experience and more about it me being me that was coming into the room. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it wasn't like anybody, and you probably know this, but people don't actually say that you can't do something. They never, like, there's no, oh, like, no. No, 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 evil no. person in the room going, nye, nye, nye. that doesn't happen. It's just, they don't say anything. It's just very quiet, right? It's like, and then they kind of laugh a little, like smile a little, like, oh, you're so ambitious. Good for you. You've got spunk, kid. You're a spark plug. You've got 
spunk, you're sparky, you know, like keep going. It's going to be great for you. But then there's no actual help or support. Right. Um, and so I'd gone through that process twice. And then by the third one, by the time women as losers came around, I was like, I can't go through that process again. Um, I'm just going to do this for myself at this point. Um, and by that time I'd produced a commercial that made a little bit of money in my production company and was able to, you know, co-finance and, and get here. So it really was a bootstrap mentality all the way. <laughs> and you went into commercials as well. I did. Yeah. Cause it was crazy. Alex, like people would give me millions of dollars to produce a commercial. <laughs> I'm not great at spreadsheets. I'm terrible at spreadsheets, but for some reason, the mentality that I could produce was just like a given. But then the second I wanted to direct, it was like, whoa, yeah. what do you mean? Do you, you know where to point the camera? I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> trust me. I know where to point the camera more than I do where to put the spreadsheet. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was just about taking my, taking my disadvantages and making them into my own advantages. Yeah, no question. I mean, I literally felt the same exact, I, I, when I was coming up, I was, I was doing commercials works as well in Miami. And I remember like my, my reps were saying, Hey, if you, if you do a Spanish commercial, you're done. Like I couldn't do a Latino commercial because if anyone finds out in the general market that you did a Latino commercial, they, they just won't let you do general market commercials because you can't. I'm like, but it, the lights are the same. People, I mean, the camera, the lens hasn't changed. Why? Because you're speaking a different language. And that was the mentality back in the 90s. Uh, you know, when mm -hmm. I was coming up, it was crazy. So I, I understand that, you know, uh, just, it, was a, it was a crazy time. But yeah, so you, you get into commercials, uh, which I feel is a great, great proving ground for a director. Yeah. I mean, Ridley, sure. Ridley and Tony were the ones that kind of broke the door open. And then, I mean, the plethora of directors that came from the commercial world was great. So, all right. So you, so then you, you write the script for, uh, women is losers. Uh, how do you, how do you begin to get something like this made? Because it's not like, obviously this is going to make a boatload of cash. So let's throw, <laughs> let's throw as much money at this as we can. Like, how did you, how did you approach this? It, it, it was just that I'm going, it was a decision. I'm going to do this. I don't know which, how, like at what scale I'm going to do it, but in a year this film will be done. And it really was just that decision. And then having, I think that decision kind of pushed forward every, there was just wasn't an option to not do it anymore. And I wasn't going to wait anymore. I wasn't going to wait to be given permission. I wasn't going to wait for somebody to see the potential in me. It just wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I started very small um, and then we, you know, I went out to talent first and an amazing casting director and, you know, she very quickly, we found Lorenza. And I think once Lorenza came on board, it just started clicking for people. They're like, oh, I see Celine. I see what you're trying to do here. I kind of go from there. We'd also had a, a short film prior to this. Like, so I had done a short film about it. Um, it was like my fifth short film and I'd done a short film and, you know, like most of the times in short films, people, nobody comes up and talks to you. You're kind of like the opening previews for something else. This time though, people wanted to talk to me. They wanted to say what happens next, or they wanted to tell me that they were <sighs> Selena or they were, sorry. So good. Were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my dog. Hey. <laughs> sorry. It's a, it, ha it happens. It happens. Um, so they wanted to tell me that like, oh, it's, uh, that's me. That's my sister. That's like everybody. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this, this, this hit a nerve. And, and I was like, okay, let me think about that going forward. And I think a year later I decided to make it into a feature link because so many people had been like, I want to see more of this. And I was like, all right, let me just follow the market here. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's how it kind of, it kind of, uh, it kind of came to life. Now the movie, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it is a, a film that is a period piece. So there, uh, so, you know, you could, you couldn't make it, you could only make it so much harder on yourself <laughs> as a first time feature directors. Oh, let's do a period piece. Let's do it about this subject and that, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of obstacles, but it looks great. How did you raise the financing for this? And how did you, cause this was not like HBO, wrote you a check and like, listen, just go do your thing, girl. Like that wasn't the case. No, no way at all. It was more about like finding something 
the final thing, it's always tough, right? I think for your first movie, there's this myth that someone's going to come and give you however much money to do something. I just like, that just was, hasn't been the case for like me or any of the directors that I know. It was always something about them scraping together whatever they had to make it work. And the people that I saw do that successfully were the ones that not only embraced their budgetary concerns, but used it as part of the story. Um, Chloe Zhao being the, Zhao being the most famous example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the financing was just kind of a little bit of everything. It was what I had saved from work. Um, it had been a couple of different people that were, you know, giving a small amount or a big amount and really writing that into the script. So yes, I wanted to make a period piece as my first movie, which people were like, you're insane. It was like, I don't care. They kept telling me, make your one room movie. It was like a one room movie and a period piece. They're, they're hard. Either any movie is hard to make. Um, and I just didn't want, it just kept being like, I kept being asked to play small. I was like, look, I'm creative. I can find a way to work this, to work this disadvantage into the story because the story is about a woman doing that. Right. It's very meta. Like what she was going through in the scenes is what I was going through behind the scenes. Um, and the cast to, to, to their credit, like a lot of them felt the same way, uh, like being Selena, everybody that came to the story from Brian Craig to Chrissy Fitt to Simu Lu to Lorenza, they all had a version of the story for themselves, um, about what it's like to make, you know, make gold out of lead, essentially. <laughs> alchemy, alchemy, essentially. You're alchemy, yeah, al- there's definitely some alchemy there. <laughs> now, what inspired you to write this in the first place? My mom. Um, mm. I, my mom. I had a conversation with her around the time that I was making the short film um, because I had, you know, I'd gone through, I'd paid my due, I, I had done all the steps that people had told me to do, <laughs> do this, and then this will happen, do this, and this, and then this will happen. But every time I got to that step, it felt like the goalposts kept moving. So I obviously internalized that and said, well, that's because I'm just not that good. That's what's happening. Like, I'm not that talented. And I had to go and tell my mom this, that I failed, essentially. and was like, I'm sorry that we spent all this money and all this time doing, going after this dream. It's not working and I, I'm sorry and I'm ready to let it go and, and you know we'll figure it out and she was like no that's not what's happening this is what's happening to you and for the first time in our life she told me everything that happened to her in the 70s um, and showed me receipts Alex she showed me a receipt she showed me a letter from her boss saying congratulations on the birth of your son uh, your two weeks vacation is over time to come back to work like <laughs> She had a C-section, you know, so like this thing that I had no idea about that were like real for women of the time period um, and that she had lived through this. So I just saw some similarities in between what was happening to her, what's happening to me. And I wanted to create a story that celebrated that. Like, you know, you're all looking for your superhero movie, but it turns out my superhero was right under my feet the whole time. Oh, that's a great. That's that's so amazing Um, because we all need to look. We all need champions. Because the, yeah. the, the struggle is real. Uh, there's no question mm-hmm. about it. And as, as filmmakers, especially after a certain amount of time, you're just like, is it, is it me? Am I not, am I not good enough? Am I, am I not like, what? Because you're right. Like so many of us go through this process of like, I did this, I did this, but the goalpost just keeps moving or the doors don't open. And <clears throat> I've always found, and, and after interviewing as many people as I've interviewed on the show, uh, I found that it's only when you start touching something that is true to you. It's a story that you can't, that no one else can tell but you. That's when doors start opening up because that's the secret sauce. That is your secret sauce. Like, I can't tell your story. You can't tell my story. It is something so specific to us. So I think if filmmakers start to find that thing inside them and not be afraid because a lot of people would be terrified to put your story your film out there and that script out there it is pretty personal to say the least yeah yeah which part um you're so right it was just about like coming in to that piece of saying who am i what do i want to be saying and being really vulnerable like it was really scary. i don't think it really hit me until like south by happened like the night before South by i was like oh my god what did i do everybody's gonna see this there's no way to get this back and just being really, you know, like I'm putting my grandma out there, my grandfather, my mother, my brother, myself in a very like vulnerable way. And you're right. For some reason, that's the one that always hits because 
everybody kind of feels that way. It seems like, you know, it's just everyone feel has felt vulnerable, has felt like I know what it's like to struggle to put food on the table. And that's like, like, that's not gender or culture specific. That's everybody. I, I don't think there there's there's only a handful of, of human beings on the planet who have had the luxury of never having to worry about that. Um, and, and struggling, you know, I, I mean, I came from a middle to lower middle class, you know, growing up in New York and Miami and, and all these kind of places. So I feel, I completely feel it. And I was, um, I'm a bit older than you. So I was around in the seventies. I was a kid in the seventies, but I still remember it. Mm. And I remember what my mom would go through and I was raised by basically a single mom. So I, I, man, I, I, I get it. Now, the other thing, you got an amazing cast. How did you? Yeah. G- gather this amazing cast with you, you know, being a first time director, which is always that thing. They're like, oh, first, I, 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 let's stop for a second. For a second, the first time director bullshit. I, it just drives me, it drove me, I'm sorry, but it just drove me nuts. You know, when I was, I was yeah. the first, how much of this, oh, well, you've done, you've done a few shorts. Oh, you've done million dollar commercials. But yet, I don't know if you really can hold this for 90 minutes. How often did you hit that first-time director wall? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now back to the show. Every single step of the way. Every <laughs> single step of the way. It got comical <laughs> to a point. And right? Helped, it was just... It, and even now, like, I'm doing TV now and it's like well you've never directed an episode of tv and i'm like oh my god you guys i can't go through this again like <laughs> i it's like it's going to be fine i promise it's gonna be okay but you know it I, I don't i can't explain it there's like this real fear of and more fear for certain people i think just because again like the lack of perceived potential that comes with how we as a human race have um, associated authority, right? The way the symbol for authority does not look like me. Mm -hmm. And on a set, you are the symbol of authority. Um, so there's a lot of things that we're dealing with subconsciously that I don't think a lot of people are realizing. Um, sorry if you can hear. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There is a subconscious, you know, a subconscious thing going on and you know it's it's something that we all people have to deal with uh unfortunately but i think the doors have been opening a lot more in the last five years than they have been in the last 50. yeah absolutely and thankfully so it's been i'm gonna move because it's just very loud uh thankfully there's like two-year-olds i i I completely understand Yeah, thankfully, that's been um, a big part of it. Um, that things things have been changing, um, and I'm definitely a beneficiary of that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, so go, let's go back to that amazing cast. Did you? Did you? How did you gather them? And how did you? You know, did you have to deal with that first time director stuff with the cast? And, and did you have the? Because a lot of a lot of filmmakers uh, tell me, and I know this to be a fact, is when you're going to casting. They always want to see verifiable funds and, you know, is this really going to happen? And who are you? You've never done anything. Like when you're talking to agents and managers and, and, and even casting people, how, how did you go through all that? Because you have a pretty amazing cast. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's the type of casting that we did, right? Like if somebody was going to have those concerns off the bat, then they probably weren't going to be the team players that we needed. So Lorenza Isa is a perfect example of that because she not only came to the story pre-financing, basically, she came to the story and she said, I want to be an EP. So that to me signified two things. It signified to me she was brave and it signified to me that she was a team player. All the things that were necessary on the camera and behind the camera. Same thing with Brian Craig. He came on 
he had three days before we were shooting. His first scene was the opening scene, Alex. And mm-hmm. he was just off book. And I called him and I said, I need you to play a guy that is going to help young guys make the jump from do I want to, what kind of guy do I want to be? And you have to, they, you have to be able to let, give them space to ask themselves that question non-judgmentally. Are you open to that? And he was like, I'm in. That was it, right? Simo Liu, same thing. It was, here's a conversation about representation that hasn't happened. Um, and the similarities between the struggle that the Chinese American community went through, that the Latino American community is going through now. Like, can you bridge that gap down? Right? So that was the type of casting that I did. Because they're all great actors. You don't, at that point, like, there's no, there's not one person that's coming into the room that doesn't know how to act. For me, it's about the core connection. And to this day, right? Like, even the new projects that we're working on. What's the core connection? Because that's what's going to carry it through. Um, and so I think having those conversations was what was able to solidify this cast. Um, and they're just great. They're just great people all across the board. Now, as, as directors, there's always that moment where you're on set and something happens where your entire world comes crashing down around you. And it's either you're losing the sun, the first AD is not, you're not making your day, an actor's not doing something, the, the location is lost, the camera gets thrown into a lake, whatever that moment is. What was that moment for you on this project and how did you overcome it? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified every single day. No. <laughs> every day. Okay, Blabbit Mouth, come here. <laughs> he just wants to be a part of this conversation. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we were shooting on location in San Francisco. That was very important to me because I was tired of seeing San Francisco depicted as Golden Gate and cable cars because I grew up poor in San Francisco. If you grow up poor in San Francisco, you're going to a bodega and maybe you go to the Golden Gate Bridge on a field trip that your pastor put together. Like That's just the reality of that world. Right. So I was like, I'm going to shoot in San Francisco and... It's home team advantage, obviously. Sure. Like high school is my high school. So I had home team advantage. The downside of that is that it's very expensive to shoot in San Francisco. And I do have to give it to the SFL commission because they helped a ton. But it's just not fully a city that's set up yet for infrastructure of film. Changing. Definitely changing. But we had to move locations every day. So like every day we moved two, three times a day. So I got maybe six to eight hours of camera time. Camera time. Six to eight hours at best. So there's some warners in there, Alex, that like I didn't plan for, but we're just like, <laughs> okay, what do I have to say? And I have 30 minutes to say it. So sure. that was, I think that was definitely the moments where we were just like, oh my, like that opening scene. Yeah. That opening scene we shot in six hours. And then we had to go shoot the, the hospital scenes. The dance scene, we shot the dance scene and everything around it, all the conversations, one night. Like we were literally in the school overnight and then wow. had to get out of there by 7 a.m. because. We were leaving and the girls were coming over class. Sure. You know, so that there's definitely moments where you're just like, okay, um, (laughs) great. How do I zone this? How do I, and, and I'm telling you like the cast were so good because they were such team players in terms of production as well. Right. There are things where I was just like, you just need to stand here and say this line and it will work. I promise. And they really gave me that trust. Um, so it did help in that as I'd had a lot of experience working outside of outside of America um, in places with much less infrastructure like Brazil and, and Ghana. And so being able to think faster feet and my DP for Hadam and Tehelvi, which you guys, he's the best, biggest thing coming into, <laughs> into the cinematography space. He's work a lot in India. So like we were both very fast on our feet. And that, I think, helped us a ton on this show. Do you do you pretty much I think the one word that 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 encompasses what we do as directors is compromise. It's just compromise constantly. Com- you compromise every moment of every day, you know, unless you're James Cameron, uh, you know, or unless, you know, you're Ridley Scott or Steven Spielberg. And even they have to compromise to a certain extent. But, right. you know, if we, like, we only got one, we only got a half page today. That's fine. Like, that's not the world we come from. <laughs> at all <laughs> but it's always compromised like every every like you just said like uh, there's some wonders in there didn't plan on it just needed to get a shot you know and and did you have like a ton of storyboards and shot lists and then the first ad's like yeah that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> 
I do that all the time. I'd love scaring the hell out of my first ADs. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I send them like two, two pages worth of stuff. Of shot list. And they're like, and that's before lunch, Alex. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> but do you, but do you agree? I mean, it's just constant compromise. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say, for me, it wasn't compromised because I didn't get, I didn't take, I didn't lose anything that I right. wanted. But you have to adjust. So adjustments, definitely creative adjustments to get the same. But sometimes it work out better, man. Like those it runners all- sometimes are just, and they always do. And that's where I think the crew was really came in, in handy because we had the same crew as like, sorry to bother you, Fruitvale Station. Like it's the same crew in San Francisco. And this is not their first rodeo moving around every five seconds. So they were very helpful in terms of being like, okay, well, we should try it this way. Um, not, not creatively, but being like, all right, this is a, we can do this like Dolores Park. Dolores Park was hell. It was hell to shoot in Dolores Park because it's like surrounded by these million dollar homes at the time in the seventies were like places nobody wanted to live. So all of a sudden we had, it was crazy because we had like, we're trying to shoot a film, an old, about old Mission Dolores in tech mission. Right, exactly. And now it's, you know, I was just, I was just, we just, my family and I went to San Francisco the other day, uh, earlier this year. And I was just, we we're walking around over by uh, the Presidio and we were just checking out real estate prices just for fun. And we're like, how much is that house? How much is, are you, what? Like, it's insane. But yeah, but like, it's like, you know, you could have bought beach trend property. You could like on Santa Monica in the seventies, it was nothing. It cost nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it costs nothing. It cost, Well, you could and you couldn't, right? Like the point of the film is that certain people could and certain people sure. couldn't. And as much as the film is about women's rights and as much as the film is about intersectionality of races, it's also a film about financial literacy and wealth because so many of the times we're talking about these things, but we're not talking about how flawed the bootstrap mentality really is because not everybody has the same has the same access to anything like you banks were told do not give loans or credit to xyz people they were told that and even to this day like i'm a female entrepreneur my interest rates are always higher like when i bought my house i had my fiance um stand in front of the appraiser because he's british and he's white like these are just real things that still affect us and then generationally still affect us so even me as a filmmaker my ability to make this film happen because I had a little bit of generational wealth because of what my mother went through. But so many times people don't have that and they can't enter this market because they don't have that support. Like to be in Hollywood, you have to be kind of wealthy. Um, Oh, to to live in LA, to live in LA, (laughs) to live in LA and also to be able to work for no money for 10 years. Like that's not something that is available to a ton of people. It's like not available. Um, you know, and that's why I think the story was so important for me to tell because like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm here because of the sacrifices that my mother had to make. And that's, you know, I I don't know. I just, I always think about how many filmmakers and how many creators and how many stories are we not getting because someone just can't afford to do that. And that really bothers me, especially when there's nothing but wealth in the industry and it doesn't take much to give someone a little bit of a hand up that they will do a bunch of stuff with very little. You know, I've, I've been the beneficiary of a ton of uh, pitches and organizations and uh, and they're all great in a, in a long way, but it, it also feels a little hunger gamey, right? Like oh. you're standing in front of the biggest, the biggest like group, like corporations in America asking for this much to tell one story that should be one of millions and you're standing there and it's it's a lottery and it just feels very squid gamey it, it does <laughs> it feels very squid gamey it feels very squid gamey and it's it doesn't need to be that way right um yeah anyways we could go on and on about that for sure. no but it's you're absolutely right i think i've never actually i've never actually looked at it like that as far as the hunger game squid gamey kind of vibe but you're absolutely right because when you're going up you know, when you're talking to these big corporations, or you're talking to the big grant people or big film festivals. I mean, look, if Sundance isn't, you know, the Hunger Games, I don't know what is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you've got what, 20,000 sub- submissions and, you know, 110 get picked. 
between shorts and features and, and, and South by is not too far behind that. So to get there is, is pretty remarkable. Um, and the odds are just so against what you're doing, but you got to kind of love what you're doing. It's like, I call it the beautiful infection, which is filmmaking. When you get infected, you're done. You can't get rid of it as much as you might want to, you know, was there ever, I mean, you did talk a little bit about a moment where you're like, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I just can't go on anymore. I've had that conversation multiple times. In my, I've tried to quit. I've tried to leave. Uh, but there's always that voice in the head just says like, well, what are you going to do? Get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> so did you, so those moments, I mean, did you, it was it just that time or did you have other moments that you were just like, I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to keep doing this. This is just too hard. I mean, honestly. I that moment last week. <laughs> That's I'm pretty much what you, sat out of like, so are we going to keep doing this? <laughs> like, you're like, I'm not having this conversation uh, with you again. <laughs> And that's, and you know, you know, and the funny thing is that it, 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 in, in so many people's eyes out there, as far as filmmakers are, are concerned and screenwriters for that as well, you know, you've succeeded, you've arrived because you've had, you know, you've have a, a very well-respected film. It got up on HBO max, like you're living the dream, but there is a reality behind that, that filmmakers need to understand. I'm like, that's not the end of the story. That's now the beginning and you still got to knock on doors. You still got to hustle. You still got to, you know, you know, got to get. And that's when you just said that, like, yeah, I just had that conversation with myself last week. It's true. And I've seen I've seen Oscar winners have that conversation with themselves because it, it, it never gets it doesn't get any easier. The, the game, the rules might change, but it doesn't seem to get any easier, even for. The biggest, I mean, look, Scorsese was having problems getting financed. If it wasn't, I, do you think Irishman would get made if it wasn't for Netflix? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, so it's always like, uh, yeah. But what do you, do, but do you, you know, do you agree with that? With it always being hard no matter what. Yeah, it's levels, right? It's, I think it seems like it's levels. Like, what's the next level? And there's always a new a, a new challenge at this level. And right. it's given me a lot of empathy for people who have been in the industry for a long time because it, it's, nobody is a bad person. Right. Nobody is, you know, again, back to like, the, there's no real villain. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a villain in the room or anything like that. It's just everyone's doing the best that they can with really, really tough situations. And I want to be the type of team player that comes into a room and says, okay, I see where, how you've gotten to X, Y, and Z. Like, can I help get to Z plus, you know, like playing within that industry is really important to me. Like, I don't want to, I don't know, not, not demonizing anybody. And I do think everyone's doing the best that they can with really, really tough, tough, tough odds for sure. Yeah, no, no question. Um, Now I have to ask you, how did your, your beautiful film find its way to HBO Max? Because that's like, that's one of those, those dreams, those golden tickets is, you know, it's up there, you know, Netflix and you know, it's, how did you get that? Um, we had a fantastic sales agent. We had, um, a lot of like, honestly, I, I, I always say that the, the HBO max, um, of it all was, uh, a group win. And when I say group, I mean, definitely the people who worked on the film, but a group win in terms of the festivals, festivals got behind this movie so hard, like the lack of support that I felt making the movie just gone. As soon as the movie was out there, it was like the fest- festivals have been, the champions from day, like they just have completely blown it out of the water in terms of how much they've rallied behind me, behind the cast, behind the story. So it's, it's definitely their win as much as it is mine because they really like started hitting the gong, like, Hey guys, we got to pay attention to this. We got to pay attention to this. And that was, that really restored my faith in the industry. Um, in a lot of ways, starting obviously with, uh, um, Janet out of South by, and then all the way to La Leaf to Mill Valley, even now recently, Mill Valley is an awards festival. It's not something that, you know, smaller films get into, but they open their doors to us. And they're like, no, 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 this is, we, we hear, we hear what happened. Like, here you go. And so that was really, really great. Um, and we had a fantastic sales agent who came on and was like, this is going to need the support that you didn't have going into this. So we're going to support it now. And they, you know, they knocked on the door and they held their ground. I think a lot of the times it seems like what I'm learning <laughs> is, and what I had felt prior to this is, because it's so different from the mold and like I, you know, me of being who I am is just a little bit different. Um, 
the team that you get around you has to understand that. And they have to understand that if you're getting the no, it's not because of the work. It's because of those subconscious things that we're all dealing with. So having a team that's going to stand their ground is uh, the difference between getting HBO Max and not getting HBO Max, I think. And then also, I just have to really give it to HBO Max because they're, they're bold. They're smart. Um, you know, they were very involved from the beginning of like, okay, this is how we're going to position this. This is how this is, you know, and just have like this huge corporation, like come to you and say, we like this. This is part of, you know, where our platform is going and what we, what we, the types of stories that we want to champion and be there for. Like that was so humbling and they have an amazing organization going on over there. There's, it's just a very well oiled machine and, um, they really put their money where their mouth is, is what it sounds like, what was my experience. So I'm really happy to be working with them and we'll do it again in a heartbeat. That's awesome. Um, and yeah. I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. What advice okay. would you, what advice would you give a filmmaker trying to break into the business today? Um, stand on the shoulders of your giants. Ooh, great. Great. I like that. Can you, can you elaborate? Um, depending on who you are and what your background is, there are people who have already facilitated the wheel based on your background. Follow them. So I love Steven Spielberg. I think he's one of, you know, he's the, the best, like he's, if my God, you know, like he's an idol of mine, but my trajectory is different than his. And it's just going to be because of the world that we live in. So look for people who, have done what you're doing in the lane that you're doing it in. So I had the benefit of watching Chloe work, um, you know, of watching people go from their small indie movie to their bigger mid-level movie to their Marvel movie. Like I've had that benefit of seeing that trajectory. So when I say stand on your giants is. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, back to the show. Stand on someone whose story sort of mimics yours. Because otherwise, you're just always going to feel like you're, you're not good enough. Because, well, they did it. How come I can't? Well, they're different. They're different because they have a different path. And they have a different path based on socioeconomics or sociology. Really. And also time period. I mean, what worked for Steven Spielberg in the, in, in the, in the late sixties, early seventies will not work for somebody today. Cause those opportunities aren't open. Those doors aren't open. There's much more, more competition. Same thing for like Robert Rodriguez and the $7,000 mariachi. Like that you show up with a $7,000 mariachi today. I'm not sure anyone really notices. It's just, a, it's, a, it's harder. It's much, much harder uh, in yeah. today's world. So you have to kind of, now the ways in could be like, oh, you've got a podcast or you've got on, you're big on YouTube or you are coming through commercials. You, there's other ways to get in, but it's con- that field is moving every day and it's constantly mm-hmm. shifting and right place, right time, right product, as I always say. Right play for a camera product, yeah. Yes. Uh, now, what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in life? That was a good question, right? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to write down. To negotiate. Um, okay. To negotiate. I, uh, I learned that there's always more money. <laughs> there always is it did well you grow up poor you're just happy to get anything you're and right you're absolutely you right. get in, you get into a room and even if there is an, an abundant amount of money to be made because you don't have the tools to know that you negotiate against yourself right nope there's my husband yeah. uh, <laughs> you have the tools to, to negotiate um being able to walk away, being able to know your worth, asking for a little bit more, asking for 
something that makes it worthwhile for you also obviously don't take advantage but yeah negotiating was something that I really struggled with so I started getting good at it I would go to the grocery store I'd ask for a 10% discount just for fun and nine out of ten times I get it that's the crazy part nine out of ten times I get it it's weird so I try this go to any store retail store whatever get to the checkout stand and ask for a 10% discount and then if they say no ask again and then they say no ask again most of the time you're going to get it. It's crazy. So I had to learn that. I had to learn how to not take wow. food out of my own mouth um, by trying to be nice or trying to be, you know, an inconvenience for someone. Because it's weird. Like people can smell that crap on you. They can smell, they sniff it out. Well, um, it's the programming that we were raised with. And it's, it's, it's the same thing. I've always told people, I'm like, you know, have you ever met someone who is very well off, but they're absolute morons? And you're like, how in God's green earth are they survive? Like, how are they successful? And they're just, that you could just tell they're, it, but they were raised in an environment where a lot of these things, these kind of ideas and, and things that, uh, you know, let's say wealthy people are raised with that. They know what a, a trust is. They know how to build generational wealth. They know how to do because it's just ingrained in their way. The same way, you know, maybe you and I, you and I's parents were like, we know how to stretch a dollar. We know how to, there's, there's, there's lack of this and you've got to, you got to, there's, there's those, this is a completely different mentality. And I've struggled with it all my life, uh, dealing with that kind of programming, you know, like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, so I'll continue. Go no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, it was gonna, I was just going to agree with you. Absolutely huge it's programming, right? And, and on my end, I had two programmings. I had the female programming, we had the Latino programming, where it's like as a, as a kid that grows, grows up Latino, you walk into a house, you don't even ask for a glass of water because that's a sign of respect. Now you get into a negotiation table, you don't ask for a glass of water, they think you're not worth anything. They think that you don't think you're valuable enough. So you got to ask for the glass of water. So it's unprogramming sort of that. And then as women too, it's like, you know, stay small, yeah. stay and stay, uh, stay malleable, you know, don't be seen as challenging, don't be seen as difficult, don't be seen as whatever, right? So there's always that room of being the caretaker that you can sure. adopt and stay out of that isn't really, I'm, I'm not great at it yet, but learning to negotiate. Um, great answer. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 something, and I and I'm I'm really hope that everyone listening out there uh, get, picks up a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in this conversation because it's it's stuff that they do not teach you anywhere at any school, and it's stuff that is so valuable. And yeah, sure, it's nice to know what the lenses are, and sure, it's nice to know what the new cameras are, and it's nice to work with know how to work with the actors, and that's all great. But these little things are what help you build a career um, and exactly. and break through a lot of the barriers that you're going to run into. And there's enough barriers out there without you throwing more in front of yourself. Seriously. <laughs> but actors and the lenses, that's a given. So many times I listen to the, you know filmmakers and stuff like that. And it's like, it's great. Yeah, I know. Like Ari Alexa, fantastic camera. Um, performance, you know, read the David Mamet book. Totally get it. But like, the politics. <laughs> Tell me about the politics because that's what it's going to take. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And last question, three of your favorite films of all time. Life is Beautiful, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, or Scump uh, would be my other one. I have so many. I was like, I'm trying to think like different types. Um, I really like Meet Joe Black. People don't like that movie. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I just think that's a great movie. I um, I love. I I do enjoy. I just watched it. Believe it or not, during the pandemic, I watched it with my wife, and I understand. It's a it's a it's slow. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, but it's beautiful. And and Brad Pitt was phenomenal in it. Just phenomenal. The, act, the acting is great. The acting is fantastic, and also like. It's not a biopic. How do you play death? Like, it's not like he could go and ask death. You know what I mean? So, like, you really had to make choices. And, like, Anthony Hopkins, how do you speak to death? I don't know. Has anybody ever done that before? Probably not. So, like, when I say the acting is good, it's like, yeah, because they had to really just act. That's not like they right. had source material for that stuff. And that's really interesting. I don't think people give them enough credit for what they did with that. So yeah, anyways, those are, there's definitely one on my top three. I have a long list. There's definitely some on my top three. And uh, and then where can people see your wonderful film? 
HBO Max, baby. Um, <laughs> for a while, it was sitting right next to Dune, which was the craziest thing ever for me. I was like, that's nuts. That's nuts. Um, it was, and they told me they were going to do that. And I was like, you guys, I'm telling you, like, HBO Max really got behind it. And they were amazing. They were like, no, no, don't worry. The people are going to know it's here. And, um, you know, and... And both movies have about the same budget, so it's it's only... Oh, yeah, yeah, same budget, same budget, total same budget, absolutely, both world building, <laughs> this is nuts, but there you go, like, that that level to content, regardless of where it came from, is sure. amazing, mm-hmm. um, and I really got to give it up to them as partners, um, but yeah, so you can watch on HBO Max, we're also doing a couple of screenings out in LA, you can go to, um, at official women is losers on Instagram, that's where I'll, we post most of like, if you want to come see the cast, you want to come, uh, talk to us in person, we're all very open to talking, um, especially Lorenza and, and Chrissy and, and Brian and Seymour, everybody, we've all just been so overwhelmed and so grateful for the love and support that we've gotten from everybody, like truly, mm-hmm. truly, 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 truly. I could not say gratitude enough because we'd made this with no expectations. We made it in our backyard and to see people show up for it has just been like, I think it renewed a lot of our faith in the industry. It's good. Like everyone's really like, Oh wow. Okay. It was kind of like that push. It was all kind of at our wit's end when we made the movie. We're like, this is, we had just gone through so much individually as people right. and then put that into this film and then to see it on the other hand, has been just wonderful. So, yeah. Lisette, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I, I wish you nothing but continued yeah. success. Thank you for making this film. Thank you for putting this out there. And uh, again, I wish you nothing but c- continued success uh, in your career. So when you do your next big Marvel movie, please come back. thank you thank you i will oh thank you so much and i apologize again for all of the family chaos but such is life at this stage i want to thank lisette so much for coming on the show and dropping her knowledge bombs on the tribe today thank you so much lisette if you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode head over to the show notes at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv forward slash one six zero and if you haven't already please Head over to screenwritingpodcast.com, subscribe, and leave a good review for the show. It really helps us out a lot. Thank you again so much for listening, guys. As always, keep on writing no matter what. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.